Today is an amazing interview, an inspiring one at that. We're going to be talking to a receiver who transitioned from the cornerback position in college, walked on to Texas Tech University as a football player, and has gone through some adversity in the sport of football throughout his entire career. He'll talk to us about what it was like playing football growing up in Texas, the business side of football and, and sports at the high school level even, and how that can be mentally taxing. And again, we'll talk about the business side of football in the collegiate realm and what he's doing right now to overcome some of those things as he gets ready to try to make his way to the professional world. You do not want to miss this episode of the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. You guys should know by now, my name is Shane Larson, host of the show, Excited to be here. You know, people ask me sometimes, like, if I get sick of doing these interviews, and I absolutely do not get sick of them. In fact, I get excited every single time I get to speak to someone. So, like, today I'm chatting with our guy that I'll introduce here in just a second. You guys probably heard about it in the intro. Um, and and I just met this guy over social media a couple, maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago. Yeah. Been following his stuff. And, like, now I'm getting to meet him, and I'm going to get to learn his story along with all the listeners. I love that stuff. That's the stuff I geek out about since I was a little kid. That's the stuff that I like to learn, like learn about these athletes that uh, and what they're going through, and the, the the grind that they're putting in and what it takes to get to that next level and then the aspirations that they have. So I'm excited about it. I want to say thanks to all the listeners out there. If this is your first time listening. Awesome. Uh, welcome to the show. I hope you guys enjoy this interview. And if you happen to enjoy it, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's It takes like 20 seconds, 20, 30 seconds. Go to Apple Podcasts on your iPhone or whatever Apple device you have and just leave a review of the show. If you guys enjoyed this one with Darius. Yeah, let us know what you thought of it, and uh, it helps the show get out to more people. So with that being said, I'm going to introduce our guest, football player here, uh, played for Texas Tech. He's got quite the story, and he's on his way to making it to the next level. He's putting in the work. His name is Darius Edwards, and he's joining us. Darius, thanks so much for joining the show, man. Hey, I really appreciate you having me, man. Like, I'm just thankful for this opportunity. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. So people will hear me say that, right? Like, in the intro, I'm going to – I've also emphasized Texas Tech – but they might just think, oh, well, five-star recruit, you know, scholarship oh, athlete, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. And like, they just hear Texas Tech and they just assume that it's kind of like what, it's just what happens. I want to rewind the clock though, Darius, before you arrived at Texas Tech and how you even got there in the first place. Let's talk about your football journey to begin with. Oh, when goodness. did you first start playing ball? Let's let's unpackage that and learn about Darius Edwards. When did you first uh, pick up a football and start realizing like, hey, this is something that I really enjoy? Yeah, uh, I started playing at like age nine. Okay. Yeah, I started playing little league. I actually played running back, and um, it was just instant attraction. I just fell in love with it. <laughs> it was just so fun. Where did you grow up at? Like what? What's it? Like what state were you in? I'm originally from uh, Wachacha, Texas, um, but I grew up in Arlington, so like the Dallas area. Okay. Are you so Cowboys fan? Oh, yeah. Die hard. Okay, let's Die get hard. it. All right. Yeah. I didn't even know that fact yet. So I'm learning along with the listeners. All right. Go Cowboys. Even though it's an atrocious offseason for us right now. We yeah, man. Right. You know, we haven't really got nobody. But I heard we might get Bobby Wagner. So 
Let, you know, way. there's a lot of I hear this, I hear that. I I am waiting for the Jones family to figure out something and just finally make a decision. I hope we get him. I hope we get I Wagner. But let's get something. But I'm I'm just glad somebody can share the misery with me as a Cowboys fan, you know. But we do have some upside. I'm I'm 24 and uh, we haven't won a Super Bowl in my lifetime. Oh, yeah. So I, that, I never seen. I know we won five, but I've never seen them. But that's fine though. That's that's, all right. that's devastating because I was literally seven years old the last time we won a Super Bowl in 1995. So that wow. the fact that you said that, and I always joke around about that because I was like five years old and seven years old because they were in the early 90s. I was born in 88. And I always yeah. joke around. I'm like, oh, well, I was so little and I haven't seen one since then. The fact that you just said you've never seen them win in your lifetime actually just shows everybody like stop complaining about your franchise. Darius, there's guys like Darius who haven't even got to see their his team win a Super Bowl. So that's a little fun fact. But the but other we still point, got five, though. And yeah, I'll we do have five. That. <laughs> <laughs> still got five. You can't take yeah. that away. So, so Darius, you grew up in, in, in Texas. So that's, that's actually another talking point. Um, football in Texas, even at a young age, it's a little different culture where I reside is in Idaho, right? I'm from Idaho. I'm Boise state alum. Um, been here my whole entire life, but it's a little different culture when it comes to the football scene. I think everybody kind of knows that from the, you know, the things that we watch and whatnot. So talk to us about the culture of football. You picked it up around the age nine. You loved it playing running back over there in little league. But what was, what was the culture of football? Like even at that age, super competitive. Oh my goodness. Like I remember playing a little league and just like the environment was so fun but, and it was like, it was so pure, you know, we kids having fun, but it was just a level of competitive nature with these parents, these coaches, even the commissioner of the league was like one of the coaches for the team. So obviously they had an advantage over everybody else, but like Texas football is, it's a lot of dogs out there. Like it's a lot of good athletes. And I think from a competitive standpoint, it's probably one of the most competitive states like in the nation of just football. Like it's a lot of good talent out here. It's a lot of I would agree with that just from what I've seen. Are, is yeah. the Little League stuff – have you seen that show Friday Night Tykes, I think is what it's called? It's like – it's crazy. Have you ever seen that? I actually haven't. Okay. I think it was on Netflix or something. It was showing like the little – and it was – I think it was based out of Texas. And it was just showing the the craziness of Little League football in Texas, yeah. especially with the parents. Did you guys see any like – did anything get wild between the parents or was it just really competitive? But there were some like nasty things going on with the parents getting crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got stuff. certain – you have certain people, like certain parents getting thrown out of games because they're just so loud. You know, they won't let the referee, like, make a call. Or if they do and they don't like the call, it's total chaos. Like I said, these parents, they go hard for their kids, man. They go hard for their kids. No, I love – I mean, it's all out of love, I'm sure. It's just yeah. it, it, sometimes it get a little wild. So, growing up there, Little League, did you play any other sports, Darius? That's another question I had. Were you a multi-sport athlete or did you focus simply on football from the age of nine? Man, you know what's crazy? I, I ran track, and okay. I ran track at the age of 12, 13. I actually went to the uh, Junior Olympics in New Orleans when I was 13. So I had a track background, but I stopped around, like, eighth grade and just was all on football. But uh, track helped me out a little bit. Okay, but, uh, that, yeah. let's, Junior Olympics. Okay, let's unpack that for a second. Yeah. So you were, were you a sprinter? I'm assuming you were doing some some of the shorter sprinting. I was a sprinter, and I – I was a sprinter for sure. And um, actually, one of the older guys at the time was named Jonathan Gray. You know, he he a legend in Texas. He went to Alito High School, ended up going to Texas. So he was on the same team as me. So growing up as a kid, I was able to see him like, wow, he was an amazing athlete. And I was one of the alternates there. So I was one of the fastest. I wasn't the fastest, but I was one of them. And just the experience of being a kid and getting to travel to a whole other state, a whole other city 
for track. I mean, it was something I'll never forget. I love that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Super cool. And uh, what would you say? You said it did help you a little bit in the football world. That's one thing I ask uh, multi-sport athletes. You know, there's a lot of things you can, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, there's just a lot of things that you can take together. A lot of skill sets you can acquire in one sport and kind of transfer it over to another. Even myself as a, as a boxer and a basketball player, um, that was one of the things that people are like, how does that even work? But I'm like, no, my hand speed. Hand speed yeah. got a lot faster when I'm trying to like deflect the passes and get in people's faces. My hand speed was a lot faster. My foot speed through jump roping all the time, through boxing, all that stuff. Yeah, like your decision making was a lot faster. So people sometimes don't understand that there are a lot of direct, you know, skill sets that you can acquire. Uh, what would you say is one of the biggest ones from track outside of just speed and explosion? Like what is something from track that you could take into the football world? I would say technique on actually how to run. Like a lot of guys. You know, as football players, we run a certain way. But like when you go to track and then you realize football speed and track speed, track speed is totally different speeds. So you might be fast on a football field. You race a track guy, they're going to show you what speed really is. So like I learned a lot of technique running track. And um, I think that was probably the thing that carried over to the field for sure. I love that. Okay. I just yeah. took a note right here. One thing I always remind the listeners, again, if you've been paying attention to my show for a while, it's been five years now I've been doing it. But if you if you haven't heard this before, take notes of the show. Like I always, I'm I'm typing out the notes on my screen right here as you're talking. But if anybody's like listening to this on their iPhone or their Android, whatever it is, pop your phone open and take some notes of what the guest says. So what Darius was just talking about is technique. That's huge. Um, I actually just wrote that down so I can go back and listen to that specific piece from him. Um, some that people don't realize like technique, that's, that's an important piece of, of, of tracking an important piece of running. So like, go, go and take some notes on this one. So going into high school football, oh, yes. talk about high school football in Texas, because what I've been told Darius is the fact that <laughs> it's wild, right? I've seen stadiums yeah. out there is wild, but I have also heard that some of these stellar athletes kind of get buried, um, amongst all these other, like you were saying, all these other dogs that are out there they can kind of get buried in the mix sometimes and, it, and it's tough for them. But I want to hear about your high school uh, football experience. Wow. Okay. Now this, this is very interesting because this actually shaped my life. So I'm, you know, I go to high school and when you enter high school, you like 14, 15. So you're really not really educated on like business. You just playing football. Cause that's what you've been doing. You love the game. Uh, you know, high school football was for me, I went to Arlington Martin. And that was one of the best schools in, in Arlington. We would win district every year. We would go three rounds deep in the playoffs, and we would always lose to Allen, which had Colin Murray at the time. But, um, you know, my high school experience was on the field. It, it wasn't like the best what I wanted to be personally. Um, it was a lot of perseverance, you know, a lot of competitive nature for me. I always wanted to prove myself. I was a worker. That's just how I always was. I wasn't like the fastest or the biggest or the strongest, but my mindset was I wasn't going to let anybody outwork me. And I don't, and I've always had that mindset, even to this day, you know, but um, yeah, it's a very competitive environment. There's a lot of business involved as well that a lot of kids just simply don't know about. And when you get hit with it, it's kind of like, you know, confusing. Cause you like, you thinking like, it's just the game, but it's more than that. You know, when you in little league, you, that's when you, your peers, you plan for the strictly love. As you get older, you start to learn like it's other things that come with the game of football. And so that was kind of described my high school career. That's what I learned more about so, like the business aspect. The business aspect. Let's talk yeah. about that. It's very interesting because I don't think everywhere in the in the country 
experiences that some of the the hot spots for football, such as Texas, and and you might get it a little bit in California and, and down south, you'll get a little bit too. Talk yeah. to us about what specifically you mean by business so that these high school athletes might understand a little bit more when they get into it. They might be a little bit more educated. Oh, yeah. So like, you know, you you plan like when you in junior high, you have districts that you go to. Right. And then like your district might go to this high school. Well, the coaches, they might bring in a guy that's from a whole nother state or like a whole nother city. You know what I'm saying? That's not that you didn't go to junior high with this kid, but like he comes in and immediately could start. And from a competitive standpoint, you like, no, I want to go mano a mano with this dude. So he see my mindset is you got to show me you better than me. And I'm coming at you every single day. That's just my mindset. I'm just a competitive person. But some some things are out of your control. You might be better than this guy or you might be just as good. But like the coach brought him in for a reason. These are things that as a kid, you know, you 14, 15, 16, 17, you don't really understand that. So that can really kind of like play with your mindset because we look at these coaches like father figures, you know, like so their word holds weight. So certain decisions that they make, it will affect the kid in a tremendous, tremendous way. And that was kind of my experience. So I didn't actually get to play a lot like I wanted to. And it hurt me because football is my man. I'm telling you, it's my love. It's my passion. It's like therapy. It's nothing like going out there on the green grass, just working out. It's almost like a getaway from me. I can get away from the real world and just focus in on my craft. It's always been like that, you know, so I wasn't. So when you put in the work for something and you don't see the results that your work, you know, showcases, but you might be promised that you will see it, but you don't. It's a little heartbreaking. So that's kind of my mind. That's kind of what happened to me. You know, I didn't get to play as loud as I was told I was or thought I was. And um, I mean, it was tough. It, it was very tough. But I, I thank God for the parents I have because, you know, they just told me to keep my faith in God. And, uh, you know, that's what I did. And even though I didn't play that much, I was still able to go to college and play football. Um, and so that was a blessing. But, yeah, my high school experience was something I'll never forget because it ignited a fire in me because the pain from not playing, it turned to like fuel. And I still carry that to this day to where like literally like my competitive drive just went up the extra notch. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's in me now. And that's what it is. I, I, I'm taking notes right now. This is, this is awesome because I think it's, it's crazy. People are hearing like, so just to recap that at the high school level or whatever it may be, right. Your, your coaches, who you look up to a lot and they, they probably love all the kids too, but yeah. in a sense, the business term is, Hey, they might bring a kid in that you might not be familiar with. Cause they're, they're in a sense, almost recruiting here in Idaho. It's a little different. It's not open enrollment everywhere. You have to play, yeah. every, but like there's still recruiting that's going on in the back end of like, Hey, if you guys move here from California, you should live right here in these boundaries. Cause you can come play for me and all this stuff. It's the, it's 100%. And, and we're starting to see it. Yeah, we're starting to see that more and more and more here in Idaho. But I bet in Texas, specifically because of it being such a freaking hot pool of everything, um, it's probably so much more extreme. I think that's why I'm glad that you're on the show because you can educate a lot of my listeners that are here in yeah. Idaho who don't see it to that degree. And so the business side of it is, you know, you as a as an athlete have to deal with that at a very very young age. This is and it, you're not at the professional level. Right. You're not even the college level at this point, but you're still dealing with similar things that happen at the college level when an NFL quarterback gets traded and, and, and your, your team trades for him. All of a sudden you're the quarterback starting quarterback and they, your team trades for a quarterback. All of a sudden you're like, what the heck is going on? But that's the professional yeah. level. when you're dealing with it at a young age, it can have a oh mental it's, it's a mental tax. 
And you said something that I thought I'd point out too, because um, I was going to ask you this, Darius, what advice you would give to other athletes that might be going through something similar like that. They bring in somebody that's going to be a, a competitor for their position. And maybe that now they're not, they're not seeing the field or they're not seeing the court. They're not getting that yeah. playing time in whatever sport it may be. You mentioned your parents uh, and the faith in God and, and keeping that going. And what other advice, if you have any, could you give to the athletes that might be going through something like that? Yes. I would tell any athlete out there that's young, the next generation, two things. I would tell them like, um, believe in you, you know, even when you face an adversity, always believe in yourself. And you might not be seeing the time that you want, but that is, don't give up because I know how hard it might be, but just keep fighting, keep fighting. You will, you will see those results. The process might be long, but you just keep your faith in God and yourself and just keep working, man. Just keep grinding. And then what I will also tell them will be do what's best for you. Um, like when I was in high school, I had chances to go to IMG Academy. Um, I also had a chance to go to DeSoto High School. So I had a chance to transfer my sophomore year and leave. But like my mindset, I was just, I had grew up with my friends since I was like 11. I've been playing with these guys for at that point, three, four years. And honestly, I'll be real with you. I didn't want to leave my friends. But like looking at it now at 24, it's like, I should have did what was best for me because if I would have left and went to like IMG Academy, who like their job, literally they help get guys D1. I would have played more and would have had more opportunities and my story could be totally different than it is right now. But I would just tell athletes, like, even though you might not want to leave, like don't ignore the signs, you know, like we have eyes, we know what's going on, you know, take what you see and apply it to your life and look out for yourself and do what's best for you. That would be my advice. I love that. Again, take notes. Everyone, if you, if you miss something there, pause it, rewind yeah. it, listen to what he's got to say. Cause that's, that's huge. Believe in you always believe in yourself as well as doing what is best for you. Those are the two pieces of advice. And I tell there. athletes that now, you know, and that's one of the things I'm thankful for is like going through my experiences. I'm able to shed my story and tell younger athletes that uh, look up to me. I'm able to tell them like, Hey, like that are in a, cause the thing about the business of sports, it never stops. You know, like I, I was in high school, I graduated 2016. That was six years ago and it's still going on to this day. So that means gonna, it's going to continue to happen to kids, you know, and, that's why another reason I want to make it so bad, because I just want to like inspire those kids and let them know, like, you might not be getting what you want, but here's a success story that just lets you know that if you just keep having faith in God and in yourself, you can still make it despite the circumstances that you go through. Cause everybody not a five star, everybody don't get, everybody opportunities are not the same, but everybody roles are different, but that doesn't mean you can't go just cause my road is different than yours. We can still end up meeting at the same location. Oh, I dig that a lot, man. I dig yeah. it. So Darius, after high school, you mentioned, you know, you weren't getting the playing time that you wanted. Yeah. Um, people have already heard the the show. We've referenced Texas Tech. We've talked about that. But now they're starting to see like, oh, well, that was a little non-traditional route to get there. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about after high school. Like, how did you have any offers anywhere? And what made you make a decision that said, hey, I want to go. I want to go to Texas Tech. I want to try to do this thing. Like, what, what was the oh. process from high school to then? So actually, um, it was crazy. You said that, like, you know, I, I talked to a recruiter on the phone. He broke it down to me about the percentages of high school athletes. He was like 6% of high, high school athletes play college, 1% play D1. So I'm like, okay. So he, he being real with me, telling me these things. Uh, I got to shout out my mom because she would literally like just send videos of me working out to different coaches. Like she was trying to help me and that meant the world to me. And, um, I had a high school counselor. I never forget her. Her name is, uh, you know, Miss Lewis. And she just told me like, you know, 
you have dreams like you don't you don't want to live your life in regret go after your dreams and chase your dreams so actually before tech when i first got out of uh, high school i actually went to a d3 school called howard Payne university so i actually played there and when i played there have in mind i played corner at the time so i played corner in high school and then in college at howard Payne university this is before i even had went to tech um and i played there for a year and a half and it was a great experience and then uh but tech had always been in my heart you know because i grew up and it was so funny um michael crabtree was my favorite player as a kid he um i never forget he made this crazy play against texas where he caught it against earl thomas and like tiptoed down the sideline and like scored and i was like i was just blown away like i remember where i was it was beautiful my dad had went to tech and uh my cousin monte rager had went to tech so tech had always been in my heart you know and then my dad he ended up passing away at that time my freshman year of college so it kind of like made me i'm like man i really want to go to tech so have in mind i'm playing corner but i started looking at my height and my size and i was looking at guys like cole beasley julian edelman wes walker you know like um guys like that slot receivers and they around my height and my size and they have my skill set which is like unique quickness and ability to get in out of breaks and run great routes so i was like i have a really good chance to play professional football if i transition from corner to slot so i made that decision around 2018 so i'm gonna play a slot now and i actually um just worked on my routes religiously just routes 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 to where it was second nature to me and i ended up walking on to the football team at tech and this is when coach kingsbury was there i walked on to the team at tech at a position i had never played before i had never played slot receiver but I always bet on myself, you know, like I trust my work. I have faith. And so I took that leap of faith, walked onto the team. I remember I ran a, a, a 10 yard stop route. The coach looked at me, was like, hey, I want to see that again. Ran it again. He looked at me, started writing stuff down. And then my dream had became a reality. I had made the team. I was at my dream school playing for my dream team. Like it was just, I cried because it was like, I had knew everything I had been through from not playing in high school to still being able to play in college and then walking onto a team at a position I never played before. It was just a surreal experience. And uh, I ended up playing for Tech. It's such a it's such a, a cool story to hear because yeah. it's not normal. Like a lot of guys probably right. would have just, you know, thrown in the towel at that point. I know a lot of people actually who have done that. And, and, um, and, and I know some too, not to, not to interrupt you, but like, it was so crazy you said that because I had friends and like people that I grew up with that went through kind of similar things as me and they gave up, you know, because they were just like, it made them lose love for the game. Um, and I could totally understand where they're coming from, but just my heart, bro, I really love this game, man. Like I, I can't even describe it to you. Like football is just, like I said, it's therapeutic for me. It's like, it's unlike anything, you know? So it's like, and I'm so competitive and I love it. And I love, how you like you can be that dog on the field. You know what I'm saying? You can be that aggressive. You can be that I want it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's mano y mano. And uh, I love that about the game. And so like I just I just want to keep pursuing and keep fighting. I dig that. I I and I'm glad you said that because yeah, a lot of people it'll it'll cause them to lose the love of the game, but you have always loved it. It's been your therapy. You weren't ready to just hang it up. Um and yeah. you went out there competing against these division one athletes and you found yourself a, a spot on the team. I think that's incredible. Yeah. 
as you go. And with all that, the whole piece of this, it's very just kind of like you just kind of like brush by, but you transition positions in the middle yeah. of all that. Like that's a that's big time, <laughs> a big time change. And if you don't mind, I'm sure people have probably already Googled you by this time that they're listening to this. But do you mind telling us how tall you are so people can kind of get an idea of what your stature is? Yeah, um, five seven. So I'm not, I'm not five tall seven. Over. Five yeah. seven. What what what's your weight? Um, one sixty five, one seventy. Okay, five seven, a buck seventy. Yeah. Just so you know, and I'm not dogging on any of that. That's awesome. Like it's fantastic. But just so you guys understand, like five seven, one seventy, is not big in the world of football. However, if you can figure out how to make it work, obviously Darius had figured it out. You know, you utilize your strengths to your advantage. I love that you had mentioned some of those receivers. The, you know, the, the guys that are closer to your height, closer to like your skill set, you, you figured out what they were good at, right? They were good at yeah. getting out of their breaks. Like if you look at the West Welkers and Cole Beasley's and stuff, I love Beasley by the way. Um, yeah. They're not, I, I bet you're more athletic than them. They're not that athletic. They they're sneaky athletic. I always call it sneaky athletic. That's why like they'll go <laughs> up against the dudes who are way more athletic than yeah. them, but they just find ways to get the advantage because they utilize their strengths uh, they they highlight their strengths rather than their weaknesses, and it really hides their weaknesses, quite honestly. Plus, they can catch the ball. So that's that's awesome, man. So 5'7", 170, you're out yeah. there competing at the Division One level. I want to know, what was the biggest transition? Then once you were there and you're you're competing with the team and whatnot, what was the biggest transition from Howard Payne, and a, a D3, to a Division One like powerhouse program in Texas Tech? Yeah. Um, honestly, I would just say, that's a great question, by the way. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I mean, spotlight and competitive nature. I mean, like, you go from a small D3 school, there's no scouts there, there's no, like, NFL person, there's no cameras, so you go to this Power 5, Big 12, Texas Tech, and you might be on you might be on the field, and here's a scout from the Green Bay Packers is there, or the Indianapolis Colts. And you just like wow, and it and for me it's like this is real, yeah. and it's like practices felt like game day atmospheres, you know, and it was just so competitive, and like you going against like you know D one athletes are considered some of the best athletes in the world, and you're battling these guys every day in practice, so the competitive nature was just that much more, you know that was probably the biggest difference, just like the exposure. From because you got a small D three school compared to a big time D one school, you know exposure and that competitive nature, man, it's 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 real. You know, like yeah. a lot of guys, like uh, a guy named Dakota Allen, he actually um, was on. Um, he was oh on Last God, Chance U, wasn't he? Last Chance U, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just, he was on that show, um, and I competed against him at practice. Uh, a guy named Jordan Brooks, who actually plays for the Seahawks, he got drafted in the first round, competed against him at practice. I mean, guys like that. I mean, it was just the battles in the spotlight was amazing. That's, that's crazy. You mentioned some of those names. I, rem oh, I remember, yeah. I remember Dakota. I actually interviewed one of the coaches from East Mississippi after that uh, last chance you documentary. I, I also interviewed coach Jason Brown from independence community college. He was the dude from Compton head coach on that one for season yeah. three and four or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, there. That's another one. But anyway, that's crazy. You mentioned some of those names. You're against some of the top talent in the entire country. Spotlight is on you. A little bit more pressure in that regard. But um, the game is the game. At the, at the end of the day, I'm sure. Like the game is the game of football. But you do have to manage some of the outside things that go along with that. You're like, man, this. These are some. The athletes are probably a lot faster. Uh, but the game is a game. 
So yeah. talk to us about like training at the division one level too. What, what, what's a, a day in the life of a, of a college athlete um, for you, Darius, when you, when you go to school, let's say uh, Texas tech, what's, what's a day like yeah. for you? And that's including studies and whatever else. Oh yeah. So, you know, you, you have, you know, you got your early morning workouts. Uh, How early, how early is early morning when you say, <laughs> when you say early morning? So I remember waking up times where I'm waking up at like, I think five in the morning, five 30, you know, you get to the facility, you got your 6 a.m. workout. And that's another thing with D1 colleges. Like you have your own nutritionist, you have your strength conditioning coaches. Like you have big time people that's all there to help you get better. So like you got, you know, you got your workouts, um, you, you eat, you know, you got film, you know, you go to school, come back, work out again or practice again. And then, you have film sessions again, and you're just repeating the same cycle, you know, each and every day. And Dude. then, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I won't, I won't interrupt you yet. I'm just taking notes. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just saying, like, I mean, like, and that's pretty much it. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of mental grind and physical grind for sure. Pretty much it. Okay, let me tell you something. Pretty much it. That's a lot going on. <laughs> I, I want to tell that. I want to tell the average person, just the general student. Okay. When you said, okay, early morning workouts, a lot of people don't even like to do that, but if you're disciplined enough or you're an athlete, you understand that you get, you get up early, you go grind it out at the gym early. Okay. That's cool and all, but a lot of people go to the gym in the morning, they'll do their workouts yeah. and they'll come home, take a nice shower, get ready for work or whatever they're going to do. So let's, I want that to put this in perspective, you go early morning workouts then and you eat and you get, you, yeah. you know, your recovery, like you said, film. Uh, film study for some people, they think you're just watching a movie. No, you actually have to be dialed in. And some coaches are a little bit more strict than others. They'll catch you if you're not, if you're, if you're yeah. sleepwalking in there, cause they'll ask you a question. So film is actually something you got to be dialed in mentally for you mentioned oh goodness, school. Yes. Yeah, dude. Like then you go to school. So your brain has already been like overloaded with a lot of information by this. But the, my, my biggest thing here was go to school. Most people at that point, hey, I'm done with school for the day. I'm going to go home and take a nap. Okay, actually, you got to go to practice now. Now you're going to practice. Now the real work starts. That's where yeah. practice begins. And you're like, you've already worked out in the morning. You've already done film. Your brain is fried from school. You're all this. Now it's time to unplug and plug back in. And you're going into practice and another film session and so forth. Rinse and repeat. So my question is, because you mentioned it, Terry, is that first off, that sounds, it's a lot harder than I think people realize it's going to be. It is. Um, it is. So how do you what advice would you give to the collegiate athletes that are going, that are maybe going to be doing this and they might not realize how taxing it can be. How did you mentally unplug and plug back in and unplug and, pl and do that day after day after day? For me, it was just like simply just looking at myself in the mirror and, and, you know, and asking yourself, how bad do you want it? I mean, because they're preparing you to try to be like everybody say they want to go to the next level, but then that work come in and you might, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like this is a real life grind. And so any advice I would give to these young kids out here, man, is just be ready physically, but not just physically, mentally, you know, like, um, because it's a, it's a grind and it's an everyday grind. And uh, you're going to see how bad you really love this game. You're going to see how bad you truly love the game. I dig that. I dig it. So talk to us now, Darius, your, this was like all your, your journey getting there. In and, yeah. in and of itself was amazing. That that's a that's a cool part of the story. And if you ended the chapter right there, it'd be great. Right? I'd say this is a great book. You you made it to a <laughs> Division One university to yeah. write a movie about it. I actually saw you made it. You know what's funny? You posted something on Instagram, and if I can't quote it exactly, but you said it. Some your your life, your journey is like a Netflix. It could be a Netflix documentary, yeah. <laughs> like our Netflix show. I, and it, it's true. As I'm hearing it now, 
that's exactly what I, I'm like, Oh, that's a perfect caption for that. That, that makes sense now, but yeah. the show's not over. Okay. So the show's not over. So talk to us about the end of your collegiate career and, and, and then going forward, what you're, what you're working on and what we can expect from Darius Edwards moving forward. Oh yes. So now I'm on a team, you know, I'm, I'm happy, but I'm not complacent. You know, I still want to more, but um, another thing I want to tell these young guys out here is like, you know, as a walk on, um, you know, if you're going to walk onto a team, you know, go after it, you know, chase your dreams, do what you do, but be mindful that these, these coaches are invested in these scholarship guys because that's who they get bring their money to. So it's almost like I compare it to a business, right? Owner of a business. You got a guy that you want to give the keys of the business to, but then you got this new guy that comes in. He might be just as good as this guy, but the owner is invested in him. So that's who he's going to give his business to. You see what I'm saying? Even though this guy might be just as great or even better, that's not his investment. So just to put in a football terminology, um, as a walk-on, you're not considered the investment. They're not paying you to come to the school. You know, they they didn't give you a scholarship. They gave the scholarship got that. So that's their investment. You know, so as a walk-on man, life is tough. It's one of the hardest things on me I've ever had to go through mentally because every day in practice, your reps might not be guaranteed. You might go a whole practice and only get one rep, but that one rep has to be your best. You know, so like as a walk-on, you got to always be ready at all times. You never know when your number going to get called. It might not never get called. But you have to always be mentally in tune with what's going on. Um, and I mean, it's 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 tough, man. I, I, I'll admit. Yeah, it's tough, you know. Um, but if you really want it bad, you know, it's at least for me, I'm a competitive person. So it, the challenge wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna take me out. I was gonna meet that challenge head on. But I would tell you every all these young guys, just just please be smart and once again, you know, do what's best for you. Because walking on is beautiful, man. It's, 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 it takes a special type of person to walk onto a D1 team. That's not easy. Because, I mean, you literally are trying out in front of these coaches, and they have to pick you. And for me, I was blessed because Coach Kingsbury picked me, and look where he is now. So that that was inspiring to me. Like, wow, like, this is a future NFL coach, and he's seeing something in me. So that was just – that was a that, – man, that was a blessing. But – um. Yeah, I would tell these young guys, man, just just be smart and do be- do what's best for you, because it's not easy being a walk on. Oh, I bet it's not. I and I'm so I'm gonna snip this piece out of that too and, and show it on social media because there's here in Idaho at least, Darius. Like I know there's quite yeah. a few walk ons because Boise State, for example, it's not it doesn't have the money that comes in from like 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 Texas Tech does for for stuff. And so that whole conversation, there's a lot of walk ons at Boise State, but a lot of local guys here that. Boise State's not recruiting necessarily. There's a ton of local guys that end up going to Boise State, but they'll end up walking on, and then you never hear about them again. And I think yeah. it's because they don't realize what the grind is going to be. Now, you do see a few of them. They end up becoming scholarship athletes, you know, two or three years down the road. They're good or whatever. Like, you'll see that. And I, and I always love watching those success stories, but I will say more often than not, uh, the guys who walk on end up either finding themselves another, another school to play at or a pride thing hits, and they realize, I don't love the game as much anymore, and I was – trying for Boise state and I don't want to go to a smaller school. So I'm done. And so it's unfortunate because we see a lot of good talent that uh, ends up kind of washing out, unfortunately. So I'm going to snip this out, make sure people can hear what you have to say about the walk on situation. Cause you know, firsthand. So through school though, throughout the rest of your career, like what was the rest of your career like at Texas tech for those last couple of years? Well, it was, um, it was interesting. I'll say that <laughs> just because, you know, you get chosen on a team, 
but then the team has a losing season. So now Coach Kingsbury's gone. So now the coach that chose you is not there. And that's another thing I would tell these young guys. Like, if your coach, you know, picked you as his walk-on and he's not there and a new staff comes in, he's bringing in his own guys and he's looking for his own recruits because he's trying to rebuild the program. That's another thing, business mindset that as a kid you don't understand because you just, me, I was just competitor. I'm thinking like, okay, new coach coming in. That means everybody gets a clean slate. He don't know us. Best man win. That was my mindset. And I like my chances against anybody. That's just that's just who I am. Not realizing that this is a business. So he's coming in, bringing his own coaching staff. He's kind of trying to get his high school transfers. I mean, grad transfers, JUCO, JUCO recruits, um, high school athletes, of course. Fifth-year seniors, like all these different things. He's looking for different guys because he's trying to build the program under his reign. So, like, as a walk-on, you know, if he didn't pick you – that's going to make it harder for you to play. And I remember my offensive coordinator uh, that was under Kingsbury told me to my face straight up. He was like, you know, you could either go to Texas State where, you know, you know you can play or you could stay here at Tech and face this battle. Because he told me straight up, they're not guaranteed to keep you as a walk-on. And and I and I appreciate that information because he kept it real with me. Um, but my mindset, I was so competitive. I was just like, I'm just going to stay and compete, you know, and see what happens. But you can be a good football player, but it's just like the business aspect of it can take over. And in my situation, that's what happened. Because when a new coach came in, he already had his mindset on who he wanted. And um, I'll never forget, you know, we had a spring game and he was like, I'm going to see how you guys play under the lights now. And I'm thinking like, oh, this is my opportunity. You know, um, have a mind. I was a walk on. I remember like it was yesterday. I had 11 reps. That's all I had. But I led the team in catches, yards, and yards after catch. And I had the least amount of reps out of everybody. So you can't tell me God ain't good. So I had this amazing game in the spring game. The offense coordinator now tells me after the game, hey, Darius, you was the star of the game. I was like, thank you, coach. I'm just glad I could you know, show you what I could do with the ball in my hands. So they said, based off the performance of the spring game, God's going to move up the depth chart. Well, if I'm going to start a game, I'm thinking naturally I'm moving up. Yeah. So fast forward to that practice the next Monday, we have like a game day type of scrimmage. I don't get no reps at all. So in my mind, I'm like, bro, like what's going on? I was just, I just bought out of my mind. I was in a school paper and everything. Like I had went crazy signing autographs after the game. Like it was a game of my life. Dude even told me, he said, bro, you playing like Antonio Brown. And this one, Antonio Brown was on the Steelers. So, you know, that was a compliment. So I'm like, bro, this is live. But then like to not play the next scrimmage in practice, that just crushed me. Cause I'm like, that's when I realized like, it's not about football at this point. It's, it's a business to it. And then the coaches told me later on, like, Hey, we have, we have another guy coming in, another transfer that plays slot. And that's just what it was. So I had to learn you know, the business aspect of football and stuff like that, you know, like it can take your love away because it's just like, I'm not given a fair opportunity. I clearly showed you what I could do and I'm still not going to, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, that's why I would just, you know, tell these young guys, man, just be smart and look out for yourself. You know, your story, it, it it's, it's still super inspiring because you're still going at it. Right. A lot of, a lot of people like yeah. you said would just, would be like, okay, well that sucks. 
But it reminds me of the quote from, I think it was the Georgia Tech strength and conditioning coach. It kind of went viral on social media, but he was talking about like winning. It doesn't guarantee you anything like hard work. You can work as hard as you want. You can do everything right sometimes and still not win. The worst person can still win. Like there's winning is not guaranteed for anybody. And he said, and why, why should we chase this thing called winning? And the reason he said it was because the only thing that's guaranteed if you don't is losing. Like if you don't chase it, then the only thing that's guaranteed is you will lose. You're not guaranteed to win, but you are guaranteed to lose if you don't chase it. So it kind of reminded me of what you're saying. Like you have the game of your life, spring game, all of that's working. And then fortunately, as we go back to that word business, that's what happened. Um, and that yeah. is the reality a lot of times. And I'm glad that you brought this up. This is such an important conversation on the show is it's not just about the game. Unfortunately, we have to understand, like you wish that could be the case, but yeah. You, it, the younger, you, like the faster you realize it, that there is a business aspect of it all, the quicker you can, you know, the, the better you can prepare yourself for situations um, in the future. And nowadays, I was just talking to a college coach the other day. Mm -hmm. I mean, you were mentioning you, you got fifth year seniors, you got grad transfers, you've got their own guys that they're looking at. Now there's a transfer portal. Okay. Yep. This, this is a whole nother game. So kids coming out of high school have to battle with this whole thing. It's like, now you're dealing with people like these coaches are going to the transfer portal before they're looking at scholarship athletes coming out of high school right now. A lot of them are anyways, especially yeah. in basketball, but football is the same way. Like they're looking at these transfer portal guys first, then they'll come over to the high school guys, check you out. Uh, maybe cause then they'll go transfer portal. Maybe they'll look at Juco and then they'll go over here. Like there's, there's so many aspects to it. So you might be the best player in your entire state at the highest division, highest classification. Understand mm -hmm. that. It's, it's, it's a business. That's the reality of the situation. So, so Darius, as uh, as we continue on with your story, you graduated. Yeah. You, you you unfortunately had to deal with the the issues of the business side of it, but you're still working. So yeah. I want to know, and I want the listeners to know, what are the next steps for Darius Edwards in regards to your football career? Are you hanging them up, or are you going to try to make it at the next level? Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to try try to make it to the next level, man. Um, football is something that's been my dream my whole life, you know, and um, I want to inspire people all across the world that anything is possible if you work hard and have faith in God. You know, that's my goal. That's what I would love to do. Um, with that being said, I do understand the business is football, and it's like all I need is opportunity. If I don't get that opportunity, I won't be upset because I know in my heart. I could look myself in the mirror and know that I gave it my all, you know, from the time I was a kid up until now, I've never cheated the game. I've always worked and uh, I'm going to continue to do that. And so I'm definitely going for it, man. And um, hopefully I can uh, make it to the league. Cause that's my ultimate goal is to make it to NFL. I know that sounds like a very far reach, but I truly know, like um, if I get the opportunity, I, I bet on myself and let my talent show. And I truly believe any scout, any GM, any coach on any NFL team or any team in general, like they will like what they see. I truly believe that in my heart. I dig that. And I'm, I'm rooting for you. And I think a lot of people are now at this point, they're like, okay, let's, let's see. And there's no doubt in my mind that we'll see you playing at the next level. It's, it's a matter of getting you into the right opportunities right now yeah. to get that opportunity. Like you said, um, I mean, there's the, there's the Canadian football league. There's a USFL now there's yep. the fan control football league. There's a lot of different, there's the spring league that's come open. You know, what's interesting Darius is, is football is one of those weird sports. It's like, it's the biggest sport in America. Yeah. And, there's so few opportunities at the next level because the NFL has monopolized the entire, the entire industry. Whereas basketball, I mean, 
Obviously, you got the NBA at the professional level, but you can still go overseas in basketball and make good money, probably better than you could ever make here outside of the NBA. I mean, you go overseas and you'll make yourself, you know, a good $250,000 in a four-month span, and that's tax-free money. So it's like, okay, it might not be NBA money, but it's still yeah. quarter million dollars and it's tax-free. So it's actually a quarter million dollars and stuff. And so like, but the in, in the game of football up until just recently, it's just, it was a struggle for athletes because if you didn't have the opportunity in the NFL, then it was almost like, okay, well now what? Like, I, and, I, and, 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 and you just said something very beautiful. You said it now what? And now you see a lot of these people, they come out and they speaking on mental health with professional sports, with college sports. See a lot of fans and a lot of people, they don't understand. Like we dedicate our whole lives to this. We out there 6 a.m. workouts, you know, three workouts a day, two workouts a day, trying to eat right, you know, competing our behinds off just to be the best athlete we could possibly be. And you put all those years into your training and then it doesn't work out how you wanted it to or how you thought it was, that could be devastating. You know what I'm saying? And so now it's just like, you ask yourself, like, what do I do now? You know, at least for me, luckily, I was able to get my degree in journalism and I got other things outside of football that I, I'm passionate about and that I like to do. But for a lot of these guys, then they're the breadwinners of their families. They're supposed to be the guy that's take their family from rags to riches, you know, and be millionaires. And so when it doesn't happen, you got guys out here that's willing to commit suicide and, and go into a depression. And because it's that the mental health aspect of the game is that serious. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it gets real out here. It's, it's definitely a challenge. But see, football has taught me so much about life. And I'm thankful for that. You know, you mentioned something so interesting, the whole mental health aspect. That's that's what the last episode of my show is all about from Delvion Jackson. If anybody wants to go back and listen to it, Delvion played basketball at UC Davis. And um, yeah, he he attempted suicide. He says it in the story. And there was yeah. a lot that went along with that. And, it, and it go, that is such a big part of it because athletes, they're more than just athletes, but that is a huge piece of your life. I don't think people realize it as a casual fan, even myself. I mean, I'm an athlete myself, but not near to the extent of what what you are. And it's like, now that I'm understanding it deeper and deeper and deeper, there's a lot that goes into this stuff, man. Yeah. And so, yeah, when you get it taken away from you, it's all of a sudden like, well, crap, I, there's so many things that go into it. So that's why I, I wish people had a better understanding of that. So mm -hmm. you're, you're looking for an opportunity at the next level. I'm going to do my best to get your, your, your name out there to the guys over at the USFL, get you over there, get your, your, your footage in front of some people. So people know where you're at. So you can at least get an opportunity for, for a tryout. But, yeah. uh, where can we find you? I want to know where the fans can find you so we can get the word spread out. So where can we see what you're doing and follow the rest of your story, Darius? Yeah, well, I'm on social media. Um, my social media name describes my life is literally just a dream chaser because that's what I am. You know what I'm saying? And I've been that way for so long. So that's my Instagram, just the dream chaser. Um, that's the platform I'm on the most out of, all of, out of all of them. You know, I don't really get on Twitter like that. Instagram is probably the best way just to keep up with me. I'm always posting something, whether it's a workout video, you know, something like that, you know, that's probably the best way to find me is on Instagram. I'll link the Instagram page here. I'll encourage everybody yeah. here too. Cause ever, ever since I connected with you on Instagram, I've been following you. I think it's awesome. I love watching this stuff and seeing what people are up to and seeing the workouts that you're going through. So if you guys go follow Darius on there, I'll, I'll tag it here in the description. Just a dream chaser is the, the, the name um, for Instagram, but go follow him and share his content. You never know what one piece of content being shared can do that's the beauty of social media social media is a double-edged sword sometimes it sucks but you can actually do some beautiful things with social media you never know what 
one comment or one share on your story could do for somebody. Um, it's a very easy way to show support. So that's what I hope everybody here does. Um, if you see some stuff that you like from, um, from Darius, share his stuff out there. Um, that's the beautiful 100%. thing about networking and connecting and like getting his stuff out there so that the right eyes can see it. So, uh, Darius, and you mentioned social media. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yeah. That's one of the things that I told myself I want to do coming into the new year, uh, 2022 was just, you know, take advantage of social media, you know, promote myself, you know, like post more stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, cause I, I was able to go to a Des Bryant. Uh, he had a football thing and this guy named destroying, he's a famous YouTuber. He do a lot of football videos. His journey was like, you know, he was a kicker and now he a famous YouTuber. So they had a host of the football event in Dallas. I went to it and I ended up in the top nine. So I went all the way to the finals for receivers. So I had a whole seat of Dallas. You know, I was in the top nine of the whole city that, that came out. So something wow. like that, you know, I'm going to post that. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a big time event. I met Des Bryant. I met Destroying. Des Bryant was able to see what I could do. And so like an event like that of the of that magnitude, I'm going to post that on my social media. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that gave me confidence too, because I'm like, wow, like, it was literally cameras all in your face. It was almost like a boxing match. It was literally defensive back versus receiver. Best man going to win. And uh, it was a beautiful thing. And um, that that really gave me a lot of confidence, man. And it made me realize, like, I can play with the – I mean, I knew I could, but it was like, oh, yeah, I'm really that dude. <laughs> yeah. You 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 yeah. you belong there. That's the thing is like yeah. you, you you understand it, and that's the, that as a coach myself. So I coach basketball. So like when I'm talking to these 17 year old kids that I'm that are graduating high school, and I and they get they have confidence issues, and sometimes they're playing these these guys that are like different levels out of California, Texas, Las Vegas, some of them back in Kansas. They go against some some dogs out there, and sometimes all it takes like you're out there with those guys, and I'm like, see you guys, you belong here. You belong on the court, same way as them, same as you. Like you belong there. Like you belonged out there with all those guys. Now it's a matter of getting that footage out to the right people, showing it to the right people so that they can now see that you belong there. Because I don't think it's necessarily that people don't believe that you belong. It's more so that people just haven't seen you enough at the yeah, right. Exactly. People haven't seen you enough. So now it's about 100%. to get that, get that and, out uh, there. Another thing. Hey, listen to, to these young guys out here, no matter what you go through, do not lose your confidence because to me, confidence is probably the most important thing when it comes to like performing. If you don't have confidence, you're not going to be able to perform at your best. So like, even if you're facing adversity on the field, remain confident, keep your faith. I'm telling you. I love it. Confidence is so huge, man. What oh, an awesome. So, so huge. So and huge. I, I was telling, I, I'm dude, Darius, I'm like geeking out about this conversation. I'm sorry. Like I, this is so cool to me because just <laughs> last week I was talking to the kids. I said, I wish I had more confidence in high school than, you know, when I, than what I did. And I was explaining to them good ways of like building yeah. some confidence. So, I'll ask you that question. I, I had explained it in, in, in a boxing analogy to my basketball team. I said, listen, you don't like, you can't win a fight if you're not swinging back. And sometimes even if you just build a little bit of confidence, sometimes all you got to do is swing back. And sometimes when you swing back, you realize, okay, I, I, I belong here. I might take a couple shots along the way, but when you swing back, that's when you actually like feel like, okay, I belong here. But when you just cover up and you're just getting shot after shot after shot, and you're not actually displaying what you, you know what to do, then that's when your confidence dwindles. That was kind of the advice I was giving them is like in the, in a basketball sense, swing back. Yeah. What advice would you give as we in, uh, we'll wrap up the interview with this? What advice would you give in regards to building confidence? Oh man. Um, that's a good question. I mean, for example, like 
let's say you a kid has like an event, a practice, or like a tryout. I would tell that kid, show up. Don't be worried. Show up. Because what that's gonna do by showing up, you already had the confidence to go. You see what I'm saying? Like, because if you don't have confidence, you might not even go. But by showing up, now your mindset is not only am I showing up, now I'm about to show out. You see, just by going, your mindset is already showing yourself, like, oh, I can I can do this. Like, it's not too big, I can go. Then once you go, you know what I'm saying, just compete and do the best you can. But I'm gonna say this though, you know, like a lot of my confidence comes from my faith. You know, um, just having faith in myself, having faith in God. Uh, that's where a lot of my confidence come from. I've meditated a couple of times. You know, I believe in manifestation, visualization. Uh, I even wrote I have these goals on my mirror in my bathroom and I wrote certain goals and certain things, just visually seeing them. So every time I go in there, I look at them, you know, like so little things like that can really help out with your confidence. But a lot of it, too, is like performing. So like if you go to a practice or you go to a tryout or you go to an event, once you see yourself performing, that that builds your confidence. Like I said, going to that Des Bryant camp, I was out there competing and routing some guys up. And that right there, like I was doing it. So naturally your confidence is going to boost when you're doing like a basketball player. If they shooting threes and they making them, all of a sudden they got the green light and they mind and just yeah. take the shot. But once they take it, now they're making them, and that's just going to boost their confidence. So, yeah. I love it, brother. Show up, then show out. Like, that's a big piece right there. But the confidence in yourself, the faith the, in yourself and the Lord, manifestation, visualization, I was writing all these things down. All of that is fantastic information, and I hope everybody enjoyed this. We're going to be rooting you on, Darius, as you go forward with your football journey. I, for sure, am a fan of yours now, so uh, we'll I be in contact. That, man. Yes. We'll, we'll be in contact yeah, moving forward. Don't forget me when you make it big, all right? So, oh, yeah. Uh, that's all I got to say. Oh, man, is once listen, you make it to the league, don't you forget me, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, never. And, and, and um, man, bro, I just, like I say, bro, you you really made my day, man, just having me on here. You didn't have to do this, and you did. I'm very appreciative. And, you know, before I go, I still want to tell them, these young kids out here, man, believe in yourself, trust yourself, know your worth, do what's best for you, and always have faith and never give up. You can make it. You can do it. Just keep doing your thing. I would tell all these young kids out there, believe in yourself. I love it, brother. I appreciate you, man. You made my day as well. So for all those listening, follow Darius. I'll have his stuff linked here in the description. Make sure you're subscribed to my podcast. If you guys enjoyed this interview like I did, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Super simple way to show your support. Get this show out to more people. We're in 93 countries. We'd love to get it to 100 by the end of the year. So help us out there. And we'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.